David, <laughs> it happened again. Oh, what'd you do? Uh, it wasn't what I did. I simply was a patron of a Chinese food restaurant on New Year's Eve. And let me tell you how this went down. They said on their website and through Uber that you should pre-order your Chinese to have a better chance of getting it when you want. We ordered dinner at 3 o'clock to arrive at 7.30. Or 7 o'clock, because we were going to sit down and watch a movie. That was our plan the whole time. Does it arrive at 7.30? No. Or 7. No. 7.30? No. 8? No. 8.30? Yes. And it was the wrong freaking Chinese food. And like, <laughs> I ordered... Did you Shanghai get more than you ordered? No, no. I ordered Shanghai noodles with shrimp. And they sent a vegetarian one with two pieces of pork in it. Like, I, I like it. I, I like it with the meat in it because they like don't like fill it with like bok choy and all that like all the those other like vegetables. Well, that's not vegetarian at all if there's meat in it. Yeah, and there was no meat. Like I didn't want the vegetarian one, so I, I felt kind of like stifled. And then there was this whole other like the chicken balls didn't taste that great. They were kind of like salty. It was just it was a mess. I uh, I pulled out an old page from David's book, and they gave me a $16 refund, which was less than acceptable. So, safe to say, I will not be ordering from that Chinese food restaurant. Well, okay. it was it was a really busy day for them, right? Yes, and but that's why they you, had pre-orders. Did you go hungry? Um, no, we didn't go hungry, but... Well, I did, because like, it tasted awful. Like I did not enjoy mine. Chris enjoyed hers. But I like I was like this is gross. I hated you know, it. You know I've been pretty hungry the last uh, few weeks. You want to know what for? For what? Another episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. I'm not going to lie. It sounds so good to be back. 2021. We did it, guys. We survived the 2020 plague. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say that plague is over. No, no, definitely not. Uh, I'm saying the the plague of 2020. Okay. Like, so now, oh yeah, because there's the new coronavirus. Well, I'm not even saying <laughs> coronavirus. A, mute, a mutated plague. <laughs> January last year, we started off with fires in Australia and Kobe Bryant exploding in a helicopter. Like that was just the way the year started. And this year, we're we're sitting here um, on the day we're recording. Uh, obviously, we do release Fridays, but our friends to the south are on the brink of a civil war, <laughs> and it is just bananas. Like I saw a tweet today that was absolutely perfect. It was just. Who had civil war in January 21 on their bingo? <laughs> so true. It, it was, was funny because uh, at work today, just someone like came up, someone that I work with was like, oh, so a bunch of people just stormed the, what, what is it? The Senate? The, ca- uh, the Capitol. The Capitol. <laughs> Capitol Google this stuff. The Capitol building. Google this stuff and like give give me an update because they were stuck up at the front. And I'm like, oh no, I'll just read it when I get home. And oh, 
probably my, my favorite thing that I uh, heard out of all of that stuff is this uh, one, I don't know, angry white dude uh, yelling at someone else asking, <laughs> he's like, do you know, do you know how they eat ice cream sandwiches? Do you know how ice cream sandwiches are eaten? No, how? They ate the cream from the center first. <laughs> they ate the cream. And I'm like, what the hell? What does that have to do with what's going on? And really, they eat the Oreo, the cream from an Oreo first, you idiot. Oh, well, but- we've, uh, as you guys know, we've taken, I guess, close to three weeks off. We were we pre-recorded all our episodes. Uh, all our episodes. Uh, we we pre-recorded our first two episodes, um, or our last two episodes of the year, and then we took a week off because David and I just needed a little bit of rest. Yeah, we and we want a vacation too, which is why we were uh, longing for the return. However, you know the one thing that we missed that was like the most memeable thing, and I think if we would have been recording at the time we would have laughed about it hysterically twisted tea and how that took the internet by storm what did you not see this there was um this bigoted man in a like a bodega i guess or it was a a small like pickup restaurant Mm -hmm. and he was just being this like absolute prick and another guy just decided to take it upon himself to shut him up by smashing one of those big cans of twisted tea in his face and then it just oh, became yes, this, like yes, yeah. internet meme that was just beyond everything possible. Yeah, I remember that. That was fun. But so, uh, how was your holiday? How was it? Was it good? It was. It was pretty good for like what it was. You know, it, it was kind of nice having the uh, the time off. Like I ended up having to work, um, just after Christmas. Like so, we, our um my office was closed on the 28th in honor of St. Boxing Day. Oh, um, the, the patron saint of boxing himself. Yeah. Uh, so I, I had to work like three days, like the 29th, 30th and 31st, but you know, they were not, not too crazy. Not many people are getting teeth pulled <laughs> right around the hall. Actually, a lot of people are so many people get like their wisdom teeth out the week leading up to Christmas. It's like you, you fools. But anyways, so uh, it was just kind of nice having the time off, not having to do anything with everything kind of being locked down, not really having to go anywhere. So uh, yeah, Angela and I just spent a lot of time together watching movies. We put a lot of Lego type things together, played a bunch of board games, you know, just chilled. It's good. Needed, needed rest. That's how good. About I, you? I didn't, how about you there, I didn't have that kind of rest. I had uh, two four day periods where I was off, which was really nice. We uh, we had a very social distance Christmas, which was uh, a little different for us this year. So uh, like we were able to uh, drop off presents on Christmas Eve and we just kind of did our own thing Christmas Day. And we, we like dropped by my parents to pick up some food for dinner because they, they cooked for us. But they were like, no, you stay away stay away from the house. And it was more or less like the job I have, the job my dad does. Like there's just no reason to like mix the pods kind of thing um, at the moment. So it was very, very quiet. And then new year's I had 
four days off where it was just a little bit more about resting and relaxing as uh, some of you who follow my regular Instagram over the podcast Instagram, which also took a little bit of a, a hiatus. Um, I played my last game at disc golf on the 20th, had a bunch of opportunities to go out and play. And I just, I gave myself some time to just relax and heal and, you know, just, just take some time for myself, you know? That's, that's what's needed. Yeah. So it was good. But, uh, I also heard through the grapevine that, um, Santa and his friends might've dropped by your house in mine. And, uh, I was wondering if you got anything cool techie that you'd, uh, well, not even techie, but just cool things that you'd like to share with the group. You know what? I didn't get anything techie this year. Well, that's unfortunate. I don't think I did. Did I? No, I didn't. No. Uh, probably the best thing that I got, uh, Angela got me, uh, the Star Wars, the Lego Star Wars tent of four. Mm-hmm. It's like the big one that the, their little cruiser that they have at the beginning of a new hope and end of rogue one, you know, you know, the one. Yep. Uh, so that's a pretty hefty Lego set. It's probably, that's my biggest Lego set that I have. So put that together. That was fun. Nice. You, uh, I also saw that you had um, the very not real, but real nooks cranny Lego set. Yeah, so that's not even an official Lego set. Uh, that was a gift that I got for Angela. I got her a lot of Animal Crossing stuff, you know, like stickers. I got her like those Animal Crossing, like the leaf. Got earrings. Um, she's going to turn around to you one day and she'll be like, I told you I liked Animal Crossing one time. Well, she does the same thing. She does that to me for Star Wars. <laughs> like literally every single time that there's like a Star Wars thing, she's like, hey, look, Star Wars. I'm like, yes, I know. I saw that already. Um, no, so the the cool thing about uh, Lego is that there's a lot of knockoffs. So uh, on AliExpress, you can buy all of these kind of uh, either recreations of official Lego sets, which have been either like discontinued or whatever, or uh, custom designs. They are it's called like MOCs. Um, and essentially, people can design Lego sets using official part numbers and stuff like that. And these uh, Chinese companies, there's a few like very p- prominent ones, um, like Mold King and stuff like that. But they recreate these kits, and you can buy them and sell, or like you can buy them, and they like they're the exact same blocks. They just don't have the Lego logo on them probably super illegal but hey whatever it's china right whole gray market there so anyway so i found one and it was uh nook's cranny and i had never seen anything like this before and you know the price was right uh it was like shipped by dhl within like a week didn't have to pay any customs (laughs) which was even better uh like 1259 pieces and uh, the detail on that thing is actually very very good like there's stickers that you put on like you know like the different items you can buy in the store and stuff like that um and like the roof comes off and you can kind of see the inside and uh, play yeah. in so that's really cool yeah the only thing that i dislike about it is like the characters like the little people that and animals like they don't look anything like uh like the animal crossing design 
The only one that's there that does is Digby. Um, he's the only one that kind of looks like his Animal Crossing design. Everything else is just kind of like, you know, it's a knockoff. But yeah, that was that. What about Neat. you? Anything good? Um, <laughs> This is going to sound so simplistic, but I got a new shaker. I love my shaker cups. This one's Thor. That was really cool. I like, uh, I like it. It's funny because I was telling uh, Chris afterwards, I was like, yo, I was looking at these shakers that were like $35. And she's like, why? What were they? I was like, they were Star Wars. <laughs> and uh, they were like these, uh, they're metal insulated 32 ounce shakers or like water bottles by Blender Bottle. And they're all like either Empire or actually, I think they all are Empire. I don't think there's any rebellion stuff, but you know how I like my stormtroopers because they're fun and stupid and they have the world's worst name and that's what makes them incredible. Um, it's just funny. Like I, I, I just wanted one of these bottles and I never thought anything of it and till after it. And, uh, I, I got hooked up. Chris's like gift, like big gift to me this year was a monitor so I could play the Xbox in 4k. Now, as you all know, like the, the Xbox Series X won't run native um, 120 frames per second unless you a, have a monitor that's capable of that. But B, also nothing on the console is running in 4K. More to the point, even if you have hold ray on, tracing what, on. Hold on. What are you talking about? Nothing's running in 4K on the console. Well, like the like native 4K. Like if you look at some of the games that are running right now, they're not running properly. There, no there's a lot of games properly. that are. There's a lot of games that are running native 4K. Name three. Uh, let me pull up the Digital Foundry list. That Please, that are man. actually like. Um. Sorry. I guess I should have. I should have precursored it with like. Resource intensive games are struggling to use the hardware correctly because maybe the hardware wasn't ready or the software wasn't ready for the hardware. Look at even games like Call of Duty, which honestly look beautiful on my TV and even my monitor. Like there is there is a little bit of a difference because my TV does have the capability of doing 120 hertz. But um, there's like an even if there's a notable visual difference, as soon as you like with black ops cold war, as soon as you go, Hey, Xbox series X, I would like you to also show me ray tracing. Then it just melts. Cyberpunk is the same thing. Like the the game, that's a bug with the game though. Right. I know that. I know that if you were playing uh, cold war with 120 Hertz, I don't believe it is a full 4k, but if you're playing at uh, 60, uh, frames per second, it does display a full 4K image. Yeah, like I, I'm set up to play games at 60, and like you do notice a difference. There's a huge difference between playing on my old Asus monitor and my new Samsung monitor. Oh yeah, for sure. Between like like the the Asus monitors, I believe are 1080p. Higher refresh rate, though, I, I believe. Probably 144 if they're a higher quality gaming monitor maybe even 75 yeah i think these ones are 75 hertz because yeah but uh i've got two gripes with this samsung monitor one like after i peeled all the plastic off it this white film keeps developing on the parts where the plastic was and it's really really weird and annoying and i hate it number two 
you know, you know the company Samsung, right? Like they're pretty. You'd even say they're maybe world renowned. They're probably one of the leaders in televisions now, aren't oh, they? I I can't say I've ever heard of them. Yeah, so like if you were to rank TV brands, would you say they're like in the top three, maybe even the top two, depending on I, how you feel about Sony on a given day? I would say they are within the top three most known uh, brands of television, yes. Yeah, okay. So you'd think a company like that in their, their instruction booklet, which isn't even that big because they have that whole pamphlet, which is like one page of English, French, Spanish, Chinese, Japanese, all that stuff, right? You think they would put a disclaimer saying for 4K output or input, sorry, use HDMI 2 because HDMI 2 is the HDMI 2.0 port. Like, I, I understand that's clever, <laughs> but myself and probably nine out of 10 people, I, I, I actually go out on a limb saying 10 out of 10 people would plug in a monitor, plug it in the wall and be like, well, I'm going to be using only one thing on here, so I'm going to use HDMI 1. And it took me almost an hour to figure this out. And like, yeah, I mean, okay, maybe I'm a little stupid and I didn't just change the port because, you know, like unbeknownst to me, that didn't occur to me because, you know, it's a brand new monitor. It should be doing what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But you know how I found out what the problem was or like how to solve the problem? Our friends at Reddit, I literally typed in, or I googled Xbox um, Series X and then Samsung and the, the the model number, there was a thread. And people were like, yeah, Samsung doesn't put it on the box, doesn't put it in the instructions. Just put it in HDMI too. Because like the display port was doing 4K off my computer. But the Xbox doesn't have a display port. Um, so yeah. critically, crit- like, I don't know, it was it really cheapened the experience of pulling something new out of the box for me. And I was, it was upsetting. I was pretty upset. Can you tell? Yeah. You, you sent me a few messages with just like sad emojis and stuff like that. And I was like, Sean, what's the matter? And you're like, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. And you called me to make sure I wouldn't like do anything stupid. Yeah. Cause I know you're <laughs> pretty eccentric. Um, I know that like with TVs and stuff like that, a lot of the times, like, uh, if if the TV supports 4K 60 hertz, uh, maybe not so much nowadays, but um, like on higher end TVs, um, but like the lower cheaper TVs might only have like one HDMI port that actually supports like 4K at 60 hertz. Um, and then on top of that, you also have to have at least like a HDMI 2.0 cable which can support all that stuff. Like, so it's, it's getting, I don't know. Like it's kind of, cause that monitor though has display port or is it just HDMI? Two HDMIs and a display port. Yeah. See, so display port is kind of slowly becoming the more like de facto computer output. Um, it has a higher bandwidth as far as like, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it has a higher bandwidth um, than HDMI and uh, can support higher resolutions. So yeah, it's kind of odd that uh, they chose HDMI two as the uh, one that supports 4k, but uh, you got it working. Yeah, it was a, 
And that's all it that was matters definitely. Now. Yeah, no, no. Very, very, very true. Like I, I even like went out to my TV and I was like, okay, so let me check what the input is. And I have my Xbox one in HDMI two because I have my, my cable, which is 4k and number one. And I opened up the, the settings and it's displaying 4k perfectly fine. I was like, and that's a Samsung TV as well. I was like, you fucking son of a bitch. <laughs> like I said, I was so mad at this monitor. And then the other thing that kind of, like, I don't know if this rattled me, but a 4K gaming monitor, there's really like three avenues you can go. You can go like the dirt cheap brand where you're going to get like a, like an insignia kind of like small TV. Like I've got like a legitimate gaming monitor. There's different companies. Like there's MSI, there's Asus, there's Samsung, there's um, Alienware. There's all that stuff, right? Mm. But almost every single gaming monitor to most people's, or like to my knowledge, based off of experience and like seeing them, have onboard speakers. This thing, every time I plugged it into the computer, would switch all my audio from my PC or like my my tower to the monitor. The monitor has no output unless I plug it into a speaker. <laughs> Just like Jesus, um, Samsung. But you know, I like I have uh, AOC monitors. They're they're gaming monitors. They don't have uh, speakers. But does it default your sound profile to to follow the DVI and or the HDMI? Because um, yeah, that, that's what this unless, was doing. It was taking all the I, resources. Unless I manually change it and change the default one. Come on, man! You gotta you gotta make Windows work the way you want it to work. Hey, I will give Windows credit because that's the thing. If you want Windows to be the experience you want, you just got to put in some effort. You got to caress it a little bit. It's actually really easy. You just have to, you know, go into your default sound settings and change your, your, what is it? Speakers, headphone, the real tech high definition audio as the default one. And it shouldn't change it anytime you turn your monitor on. I know it was just, it was annoying because like I'd be trying to watch something or like quickly like look something up on YouTube. I'm like, where the fuck's a sound? <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. It's right here. That, <laughs> that is the worst though. When you, uh, when you do try and like you're a, a setting changes without you knowing and you're like, why isn't this working? You check every other connection and then it's like, oh shit. I, th- I think the honest problem with it was just the fact that I, I felt, I felt so helpless that night. Because I was like, I had Krista just so excited that she got me the monitor and she was like, oh, I can't wait for you to use it, play it. And I was like, yeah, I can't wait either. And I went to bed without playing anything that night. I was like, no, I'm just going to hook up my Asus monitor. It's fine. I like my Asus monitor. It's cool. And now I'm trying to make Megadesk and somehow make Megadesk work for uh, when you and I inevitably start streaming. But uh, we've also determined that I can't really do more until we move because I'm out of space on my side of the office. That's why you just take over her side of the space. I've tried to. You guys uh, have a few closets. You could just kind of shimmy her stuff in there. Fair. I also did the um, the most Sean thing ever. Uh, I don't know if you consider it a bad thing. I would consider it a a Sean thing for sure. But I bought Cyberpunk. And I haven't oh, yeah. it yet. I knew that was going to happen because you're too obsessed with playing Call of Duty all the time. 
Yeah, well, there was a the, an event, and I was playing it with friends. Yeah, my you know problem what? is on my days you know, off. I should an event also called playing Cyberpunk, playing the game that you bought. And I will. This is gonna be like Red Dead. I like looked at it for like three months, and then I was like, oh, it's time to get into Cyberpunk. Everybody's beating it now, so I don't care as much." But uh, was there anything you picked up that was on sale, or did you do anything stupid? Do I have to play um, the song? I I wouldn't say I did it anything really bad. I picked up a few games on sale. I bought the uh, I plunged, took the plunge and bought Hitman Two, and Hitman. Nice, and because uh, they were pretty cheap. Um, I'm terrible at those games, but they're fun to kind of go around. Uh, I got bought Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, you finally got it? Was it like the the Sony Super Sale on Boxing Day where it was like yeah, twelve dollars? It was no, it was like it was like fifty bucks. No, forty forty nine forty six dollars. I don't oh, know. It was it was like under fifty bucks or just over fifty bucks or something like that. But anyway, so. Yeah, I bought that because it's uh, been on my list of games I want to play, and it looks great. Um, I haven't really had a chance to sit down and play over the, honestly, like the last, since, I would say since uh, New Year's, or New Year's Day, um, I haven't really had time to sit and just play video games. Um, (laughs) Like last weekend... I ended up like cleaning the house and like getting a bunch of things like together. It's like, okay, I'm going to do this, 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 and then I'm going to play video games. And then like next thing I know it, I'm kind of like stuck doing something else or it's like too late or it's like, it's just too late and I don't want to start a game. So I just end up watching movies or something like that. And Well, but, I can, uh, I can honestly say I've barely seen you online, but I've also barely been online, which is the other issue. Uh, over the holiday, like I chose to spend a lot more time kind of enjoying time together, watching movies. Um, I've oh, been yeah, plowing like- through the Mandalorian because I finally had like, I would say a decent amount of time where I could watch episodes like two at a time and kind of enjoy them. Like I think last week I did all of season one and now I'm halfway done season two, but I wanted to watch them all. Like, I've always wanted to watch it. I just, like, I watched the pilot, and then I kind of forgot about it. And I'm really enjoying it, but I'm also now kind of stymied that I don't get to watch it again until next year. It's like Stranger Things. I'm going to forget about it. Yeah, that's that's the rough. But, um, yeah, and, like, and the, the conversation thing is, with you and Jay was like, okay, I better watch the whole series, like, yeah. tomorrow. Season three, like, episode one releases on Christmas Day. Like... Why? Why are you doing that to us, Disney? But uh, it was the combination of that. And I know you would have been pissed if I turned around and said to you, hey, did you watch WandaVision, which comes out on like next week? Right. And you would have been like, did you watch The Mandalorian? I'm like, "Okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'll I'll go do that right now, sir. (laughs) So but um, speaking of watching. Unless you have any other Christmas or holiday related purchases. Oh, I almost bought Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Valhalla, but the only two Walmarts I could get into one had all their electronics sectioned off and I climbed under the thing to go look and they got mad at me. And the other one I walked through and they just didn't have it in stock, but I could have got both for the price of one essentially, which would have been sweet. 
here's the thing. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, like the deluxe, like the gold edition, has been on sale so many times. I don't want to buy it digitally, though. It comes with like the season pass and all of like the DLC and stuff like that. And I'm pretty sure it also gets you the um, Assassin's Creed 3 remastered for free. So, Black Flag? Uh, no, that's four. Three is no, like I, three. I think, yeah, I think it's three that it comes with. Anyways, uh, yeah, it's it's been on. It goes on sale like every other week. I know, and I, I kind of want a physical. And it was twenty bucks, and then if you bought um, Valhalla with it at Walmart, you were able to get both for like sixty nine ninety nine or something stupid. I think also they had a three pack on, I don't know if it was PlayStation or if it was Xbox, but it was like $60 for Valhalla, uh, Odyssey and origins. That's not bad either. Yeah. I know Madden was one of the top selling games, uh, this weekend or like this past holiday. It's actually pretty funny. Um, animal crossing again is the top selling game. Like they finally just released more copies and people were like, let's go. Um, I actually have a list here of like the, the last week um, in sales, like finishing the year mm-hmm. um, animal crossing one black ops, cold war two Mario Kart eight deluxe three. That game's fucking what? Six years old. How old it came out originally on the Wii U and then it was remastered. So you just got the DLC with it on the switch. The switch has been around for what? Two and a half, three years. More than that, it came out like 2017. 16 or 17. 16 or 17, yeah. So that game is easily five years old. It's still one of the top selling games. Dumb. Yeah, it's Mario Kart. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It's not even a good Mario Kart, which I can get into in a second. Talking about. It's not the best. Mar- yeah, the best uh, one is in- Double Dash. But- yes, by far, but it's also the most primitive. I, I have a whole thing with Mario Kart. Like I like Mario Kart eight and I like the deluxe version of Mario Kart eight. My only issue with Mario Kart eight is they could have supported it. Like they're supporting smash brothers. You could have released four new maps every few, every little bit. All you would have had to do was go to the gaggle of maps. You already have. That's all they would have had to do. They could have released more classic Mario characters. You could add Pikachu driving a car. They already have all these IP or all these like because yeah. they're not IPs. Hold on. If you put Pikachu in there, then it's not Mario Kart anymore. Okay, but Link's in it. That the Squidlings are in it. He they were DLC the characters. Are in it. Yeah, DLC characters. Okay, so why is that not? So what's the difference between adding Pikachu? Because you had to pay for those to begin with. Yeah, but you had to pay for but Link. the base. You had to pay base, for the yeah. The base game is all Mario characters. Yes, but then with deluxe, they already give you the expansion characters. Your argument, right? Like that. okay, like if if you're gonna if you're gonna do that and keep it kind of like Mario Tennis, sure, fine. But then why did you add the villagers? Why did you add? Uh, the squ- the inklings. Why did you add Link and who is the because other one? They, added? they made maps that took place in the like those themes. So that was so the only way for them to like add Pikachu 
would be for them to make like a so a do Pokemon it themed map. Maybe on the next one, write a letter. You write a letter to Nintendo and say that you're angry that they are making a shit ton of money on Mario Kart. <laughs> because- okay, but like you, do you know? Do you know what you could easily do? You could do a Sonic level. There's already Sega. Sonic. There's already Sonic Team Racing. Yeah, but you could have done a Sonic. Like you know what I mean? Like they could have they, done a level that took place in uh, Dark Souls. You could do anything you want. They could, but they're not going to. It's All more. the characters that are in Smash Brothers, as far as I'm concerned, are fair game. Yeah, but that's a completely different. That that's completely different. Okay, Smash well, there's, Bros- an F, there's an F Zero track, but there's no Captain Falcon. In what? Mario Kart. It's not F Zero. It's just futuristic. No, it's definitely an F Zero oh, yeah, track. An, it's F Zero. Yeah, that's one of the DLC ones, though. That's how much I've played this game. Like on our Wii U, my sister and I maxed it out to the point we couldn't even earn coins. We were and done. You hate we the game it. so much. If you hate the game so much, why'd you max it out? Uh, we did it to restart it, and now, like, I haven't even finished it on my Switch, but I can. I'm just not. Anyways, <laughs> well, let's get into something a little more cheery because we've just rambled on for literally 30 minutes about practically nothing. That's what this shows up. That's, that's Which movie do you want to do first? You and I saw both Christmas releases. We saw Wonder Woman 1984 and we saw Soul. Let's start with the shitty one. Yeah, okay, so Wonder Woman. <laughs> what were your I know I know you and I have been texting back and forth about it and it's very it's very hard to to kind of generate my thoughts for a film that did a lot of things right but so many more things wrong. I, I I mean, we could start with the good if we were doing the good old shit sandwich. The things I liked the most about the film were I thought it was shot really well to depict the 1980s. Like even the special effects of her flying and kind of the way things moved, coloring and stylization. Very good. I mean, I like I knew I was watching what felt like a cheesy 80s superhero movie, which also wasn't the goal of the film. We don't know what the goal of the film was because it literally feel, felt like, and yeah, guys, spoilers ahead if like you're worried. It felt like that monkey paw episode of The Simpsons to the point. It was incredibly predictable. Oh, 100%. And who was the bad guy? Yeah, this is it's Iron Man 3. <laughs> Actually, I said to somebody the other day, and they argued with me because they got the, the Spider-Mans mixed up, but you add a, an insanely hot and attractive woman to Spider-Man 2, and you've literally got Wonder Woman. It's the same plot. Spider-Man felt like he didn't belong anymore, lost his powers, needed to find love again to and like understand who he was and love himself in order to take on Doc Ock. Right? That's Spider-Man 3. Or Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 3 is friggin' James Franco as the Hobgoblin and Sandman. Sandman. They're yeah. like, no, that was number three. I was like, no, no, you're definitely wrong. I've seen this movie a million times. So the the issue there's a there's a lot of issues with uh Wonder Woman. If and if you're gonna get into the big one, hold on to that for Which is the big one. The one that you want to argue about with insanely, yeah. and I don't. 
No, I'm. I, that's not the big issue. Okay. There's a lot of like plot holes in it. Um, you think they they put in a lot of things and they never address them. Um, certain things happen and characters don't question it. They just kind of go with the flow. Um, th- th- like she freaking lassos a lightning bolt and swings from it. That again, Spider-Man two vibes, just saying, right? Like, like there was some, <laughs> there were some scenes in Spider-Man two where he was not like, if his web went straight into the air, what did it grab onto a bird? Yeah, probably. a helicopter. <laughs> um, th- there was just like I didn't really know who the bad guy was in that movie, who the villain was, and what their goal was because they had two. They had the guy who wanted who could grant wishes, and then they had the Catwoman girl. Cheetah, yeah, and Apex Predator. But I thought her name was Cheetah because the subtitle said Cheetah says. Oh, really? Because she was like, I want to be known as an apex predator yeah but i think so we assume that's name. what her name was because they never addressed it yeah they never addressed it the only way that i knew that she was apparently called cheetah is because the subtitle uh said like her saying something anyway so what was her why was she so bad because she didn't want to be like taken advantage of she wanted to be strong and she wanted to be a strong powerful woman so so she became a strong and powerful woman but then turned into a cat and was evil and then the wish guy like what was his angle right like what was his goal he wanted to grant everyone's wishes and then what you you do know who it is right uh mandalorian yeah yeah just checking yeah, Pedro Pascal. Pascal. You mean it was? <laughs> I thought you were going to say Michael Keaton. I was going to be Michael like, oh, Keaton? oh, brother. <laughs> um, but like, what was his goal? To be the best. Well, I, I thought his main goal was to like give everybody everything they wanted, and in return, he got all the power and respect. But like, they never really explain that. Like when he acquires the guys, like, or he tries to acquire all the guys oil and he's just like, Oh, you just tell me you wish you want all your land back. And then he like puts up this massive wall. And he's like, okay. And then he's just like, okay, so I'm just going to take all your oil. What? And the guy's like, Oh, I don't have it. Blah, blah, blah. But that happened in other points in the movie where he would just like bombard people like the president. Mm-hmm. Like he just wanted power and respect and that's it. Like, that's not bad. Anyone could want, anyone wants power and respect. Like, Come on. So like the villains aside, there was no sense of, of urgency to defeat them. Right. Like they're just doing their own thing. <laughs> like in the first wonder woman movie, it was, uh, I don't, I forget the bad guy, but like it was an actual bad guy. Right. And like he was planning on like destroying the world or something like that. You know, the typical superhero movie fashion. You mean the typical Nazi movie? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like we knew his plans, what he wanted to do and what they were trying to accomplish in that movie. This one, there was none of that. And I would say like halfway, like we watched the whole thing just because I was like, okay, well, like we're going to watch this. It started off pretty good. I really liked the, the, the beginning part. They kind of, 
they they kind of played it off as you know like a a, a classic like eighties kind of show, right? Uh, Which I thought was really cool, in all mm-hmm. honesty, because yeah. it made some of the other plot devices work. Yeah, like her tiara as an example. Yeah, and where the um, fuck was that in the Justice League? I know, right? Um, but then it went into this like weird kind of obscure movie where it's like they literally t- had uh, a board with all of these different plot points that they could have used and threw like 19 darts and just put them all together. Right. Um, and it was probably about like maybe a quarter of the way through just, just before halfway at Angela and I were like, what the hell's going on? Like, this doesn't make any sense. And Angela's raging pretty hard during the movie, which is funny, but yeah, it was just stupid. And, and the thing is, is like, I have heard from the other side of the spectrum from like about someone who absolutely loved the movie, thought it was absolutely amazing and could do no wrong. If the perfect film they said, and it's just like this movie, was it made for everyone or was it made for the hardcore fanboys? But like even that, like they, right, they like, took some very obscure things. Um, there there was a few um notes here that I have down, and I just want to see if you picked up on them, okay? Like so there's a scene where Diana's fighting in the White House and running through the streets and the can't so cameras like had to see her, right? Mm-hmm. And people are like, Oh, who is that? Blah blah blah, right? And she even steals the uh the jet from the military base, right? As Diana Prince. Now the thing that makes it kind of funny to me is she also has a security system of her own in her apartment, which means she goes to these crimes on a regular basis and nobody knows who she is. Again, Spider-Man, right? Next one is like the whole, actually there's just so many things wrong with the lasso of truth. I don't want to talk about it. Um, The golden Eagle armor. Okay. She talks about how that was the award for or like her ancestors use it. And she or I guess the one the girl who won that thing, the the decathlon at the beginning of the movie. Um, used it to protect her village. And that was like oh, the yeah, prize yeah. for the, the Amazonian gods. Yeah. And the thing that I I found really funny about that, right, is like I thought, well, her powers were weakened that would be the opportune time to use insane bulletproof golden Eagle armor, right? Mm-hmm. No, she has to use it while she's already a God. Like she fucking dr- like tries to drown Barbara or cheetah electrocutes her and doesn't feel a thing in the water because she's a God, right? She can be electrocuted. She gets hit by lightning, all this kind of stuff. Also just makes no sense because she's a God. So and finally, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, just keep going. No, keep going. Uh, my biggest plot problem, and I know a lot of people had issue with this, was the fact that they made Wonder Woman fly. She did not fly in Batman versus Superman for like the fucking 30 seconds she's in it. Dude, she didn't fly. She was swinging on lightning. No. Like yeah, she no, was she using was that to help propel her, she I guess. Can fly, but she also didn't fly in the Justice League, and like that movie, I don't remember much of the Justice League. But she was in both Batman versus Superman 
and the Justice League and didn't fly once. I, I saw a really good quote and I have it here. It says, um, so between the flying and the leaping and the lassoing, everything is very inconsistent, which is highlighted when Steve finally schools her on what it takes to ride the wind. This seems to be done for a plot convenience, all to give them a romantic sentimental bonding moment. Even after it appeared that Diana figured out the secret of flight during the battle or her battle with the God of war. Okay. So like, are we taking plot devices from movie one, movie two, and two other movies and putting them all together and hoping nobody noticed? Yeah, it's because that the darts was- landed on them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what was your point? Um, another thing that Angela pointed out was the beginning of the movie when it was the Amazonians and she's a child again, right? And they're doing the whole, I don't know, race thing and... I guess like they had trained like the actors and all that stuff had trained for months to do all that stuff. Right. And they built this up to be this like big thing. And then it ended. And the story behind that was you cheated. So you didn't win. But that was also said like within the first 30 seconds, right? Like she was like, no, that was like a five Almost no, but like when they're in that line, she's like, when you're ready to win, you win. You won't cheat your way through it type of thing. Yeah. Like they clearly say that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And the thing is, is like they, they use this whole thing. They make this big epic spectacle of this and they don't ever reference it again. You know, like she doesn't have any like, um, like I don't know. Maybe they're they're trying to reference that she wished that uh, what's his face, uh, Michael Michael Caine Michael Keaton could come back. What's his name? Steve. Oh, Chris Pine. Yeah, yeah. Steve. Steve uh, Trevor. And maybe they're trying to reference that, right? That you know you, you can't have everything that you wish for and you want, right? But they didn't make that connection. Because all of the wishes that people had had some something, you know, negative effect uh, attached to it. And it just seemed like such a, a huge waste. Like they could have made the movie where she is, you know, trying to find her place. She's a vigilante, right? People are like, who the hell is this Wonder Woman person, right? She's a vigilante trying to find her place. And, you know, she has to, you know, make a connection with her childhood, you know, and yes, maybe she's very smart and cunning, but she has to win by, you know, doing things the right way. But no, they didn't. They just ignored it. Right. So it just seems like a, a huge, another wasted plot point or anything like that. While you're talking, I've, I just clipped on because I was trying to find a flight scene from a previous movie and there's a fight scene from the original movie in 2017 that looks so much better than the entire movie we just watched. Like the, the white house battle was cool. I thought that was a really cool fight, but there was not a lot that happened in the movie where I was like, this is superhero. This wasn't really superhero to me. It was like, they did it backwards and I, I know Patty Jenkins got fast tracked for a third film and I really hope Chris Pine's not in it, but I also hope it happens after the justice league or at least sometime before, like 
everything we know now. Do you know what this kind of reminds me of? You played the Batman games, right? Yes. So you remember how Arkham Asylum, you learn a bunch of stuff. Or that's the first one, right? Arkham. And then it was Arkham Arkham City. And then the final one was called Arkham Arkham Knight, right? And Arkham City, you have carte blanche on everything. Like you pretty much learn how to fly early while glide. But you have all these extra tools to help you propel. You have all these gadgets. And then Arkham Knight, they're like, we're taking it all away. Sorry. Like after the first game developed all these things for you. And then they were like, "Now nah, we're going to we're going to strip you back down to basics and we're going to put you in a prequel. So some of the weapons and stuff you've learned don't exist or like at, at a different time period. I feel like that's what this is doing. And if they don't give us a third movie, that's also like 60 years beyond 1984 or when did Justice League take place? 2000 uh, 2017. OK, so that would be 84, like 94, 2030 years. So if the next movie doesn't take at least or take place at least 35 years ahead, like in the future. Mm-hmm. This movie is right up there with like Thor two as just one of the most useless things on the planet. And that's really unfortunate because like, I think I, I think when it comes to this cast and this crew, the movie should have come out last year and for them to wait for a year for the movie to come out, like literally, what was it? 10 months. It was delayed mm-hmm. for the movie to be delayed that much and take a shit kicking. That's not like, I understand the actors worked hard. The director worked hard. It's not a great movie, but there are some things that are really good about it. As I said, cinematography, I thought was really well done and the animation style. Like if it was purposely done to look like something cheesy from the eighties, they did an amazing job, mm-hmm. but that could also be DC didn't have any money. I just I feel really bad for the actors who worked really hard on this three years ago and it finally came out and people just hate it. But you and know what? I'm I think that it being released now has probably done better for it overall though. Mm-hmm. Um because if it was released in theaters, yes, people would go and see it but I think more people would go and see it. So then there'd be more complaints about it and more negativity towards it. And I don't think it would do as well. Fair. That and they like, let's not forget the fact that they let both villains just go free. Well, they weren't really villains. They just misguided souls. No, they, they were named Dreamstone and Cheetah. Did you know his name was Dreamstone? No, because they never said that. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, before we move on to our next film, do you want to talk about the uh, the heated debate that was on Reddit? Okay. And it was brought up during when we were watching it. Steve has possessed, when he comes back, he has possessed some random ass dude's body. Which they acknowledged literally twice in the film. Yeah, the first time that he... It, like she saw him and then whatever. So anyway, so uh, she did not question it at all. At all. It's like, oh, you're I know you're dead, but you're back now. And she knows that she is he is like possessed someone else's body. And literally, uh, we're not going to use the word, but she sexually assaulted him multiple times over the night 
this guy's body who was unwilling. And, and <laughs> Angela like pointed this out. She's like, did, is she not going to question this at all and think that like, what the hell? No. The first thing she goes to do is like, goes to sleep with the dude. Yeah. And I think the whole thing behind that too. And it's like, I know Patty Jenkins came out and was like, no, like that's not the intention. Like she saw through him and only saw him. And that definitely wasn't addressed properly, but they like, maybe they missed an edit or something and made it seem a little bit different, but like you could like it was confusing at first because you're like, Oh, he's in a different body. Cool. Well, other people see this and only once did the other people see it. And all the other times it was Chris Pine just standing in the scene, right? Like when it was more than just him and gal. Yeah. Um, but the, So the like, that, I, I get that. The way that they um, explained it though, is right. Like when he was looking at himself in the mirror, he saw the other dude, like he saw the body that he was possessed in. Right. Yes. And she was like, I only see you. And so that was the, their way of making it so that he can be in the movie. And they never address the fact like nobody else is like, who, who is this guy? Because like she brings him with, with her to like this, the office that she works at and going into like all of these places that the general public's not welcome. Right. And nobody's like, you know, who's the dude that you're with? Right. Like nobody, not once. And yeah, it's just like, not cool. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was- I mean, at the end, she like meets that guy, right? And it like she definitely like looks at it and him and was like, "Oh, got it. That's what I slept with." Like it was a yeah. very like, Ugh. like I get she was like happy because of the snow, but she was like, "Oh fuck, this is what I did," type of thing. Um. Also, did you hear that Patty Jenkins wants to take Chris Pine to Rogue Squadron? Um. Okay. No, has that been confirmed? Because. I know that he had talked to her about it and her plans for it, but I hadn't heard that there was talks of him being in it. If you Google just their two names together, Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins could take Chris Pine. Chris Pine teases Patty Jenkins reunion with new Star Wars movie. Star Wars director Patty Jenkins reveals how far along Rogue Squadron script is and what plans are for a potential Chris Pine reunion. I mean... Mm. I'm, are Star Wars fans going to be upset when a Star Trek character comes across? Who knows? You never know. Yeah, um, it, it, that could be kind of weird. But he, like, he's not a bad actor. But he's I, like one of the worst Chris's, though. Like, there's so many better Chris's. Chris? Oh, yeah. Man. He's one of the Chris's. He's one of the. I think that's oh, the yeah. five Chris's, right? <laughs> but like, he's not a bad actor. But I feel like if they were to put him in. Ro- uh, rogue or rogue squadron right is he um, gonna do fly an x-wing and be all cool well yeah but th- he would be a he would have to be a, a main character right like he'd be an expensive not main character that's for sure right like i want this is my kind of sidetrack this is my hopes for the rogue squadron movie is have it kind of no name actors or like up and coming actors, right? So that you can focus on the story and not the because but where will they put, find all those English actors? When you when you get, you know, these 
big name, well-known actors, sometimes like a big part of that is to sell the movie because like people will go for the actor, right? But it's Star Wars. You don't need those big name actors to sell Star Wars. People are going to go to it. Right? Like, unless it's you and McGregor, man, he'll sell anything that has Star Wars on it. I mean, the other thing that I found really kind of funny, like, okay, so you say that and you say like unknown actors, but some of the best parts of The Mandalorian, aside from the Timothy Oliphant reveal, which was probably one of my favorite things ever was the the um the X-wing pilot that's the guy from Kim's convenience. Yeah. Like Horatio but, Sands was in an episode. Like and, there's and just he's like a huge Star Wars fan, right? So like but the thing is is he's not a huge he's not a massive actor, right? Like he's not super famous for a lot of people. Um but he's I, very beloved by Canadians. Well, and that's the thing though. It's like um Americans or people in Europe or other countries that didn't watch or have never seen Kim's convenience wouldn't know who he is unless you're, you know, a big star Wars fan and you follow his star Wars channel. Um, and that's the thing is like, sure. Like they're he's, it's kind of like trailer park boys. When you think about it, they're, they're not big actors, but they're famous in their own right because people like, especially Canadians know who the trailer park boys are because they are a Canadian staple in television in the, you know, nineties and early two thousands. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, Kim's convenience, like that show was very popular for Canadians. I never really watched it. Um, but I knew the actor, but you know, it's kind of like, um, what's his name? Uh, the guy from gardens of the galaxy, Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt. Uh, when he started, when he was in gardens of the galaxy, he wasn't a big name actor, right? He, he was, was just on parks Fat and Rec. Andy from yeah, parks right? And Rec. right. So like started that way. And, and that's kind of what I want to see for the rogue squadron movie is it's these people that have track records in making and portraying like characters, like believable characters that actually have some acting skill, but not something that's going to take away from the, the movie in the sense where, Oh, I'm going to watch this movie and be distracted by this actor who I know in star Trek right? Or who's in Wonder Woman, like all these other ones, right? Like, like even if you look at the, uh, if you look at uh, the, the sequel Star Wars trilogy, like John Boyega was, he, he did a lot of movies in uh, like Great Britain and Europe and stuff like that, right? But not a lot of stuff that I, I don't think a lot of people in North America uh, would necessarily have known who he was. Same with uh, Daisy Ridley, and um, the guy who played Kylo Ren, drawing a blank now. Uh, Adam Driver. Uh, what's his name? Adam Driver. Adam Driver. Yeah. Uh, like it. Yeah, he was in uh he was in a bunch of movies that were very good, but um, uh, it's when that movie first came out, nobody really knew who they were. Right? They were new actors. 
Um, and so I don't know. I, I just think like the Star Wars movies, a big part of what makes them appealing is that, you know, when they start, they are actors that don't like people don't know. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think even that's, with like Rogue One. I mean, the uh, the only thing like I would have loved to see is if Rogue Squadron, and like I don't know what time frame it is because obviously I haven't looked into it, but I would have loved to see more of a a, a pilot film based off of Poe Dameron. I wanted to know more about Poe, and there wasn't a lot. Like you don't really learn a lot in those three movies about him, and then they start dabbling with it. And that he was like a spice runner at the end of the last Skywalker or the rise of Skywalker. And you're just like, Oh, this is really, really cool. Like give us more and Carrie Russell's randomly in the movie. And you're like, Oh, are they going to spin this off? And then gone. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like, they, they could have done so much stuff. Uh, I think it's easier to do spinoffs movies once like the characters are kind of established, but uh, when you're starting a new movie, uh, a new kind of series in itself, um, I think you need to have that. You need to have the actors that yes, people that can act, but you need to have the story that is um, gripping in itself. And it should be something where the story itself can carry the film not the actors. All right. So now we're going to talk about soul, which is the exact polar opposite of what we just witnessed with that. uh, eye bleeding atrocity that we consider wonder woman, 1984. Um, Your initial thoughts on soul. What were you thinking? Um, I, I was kind of, uh, I didn't know what to expect for it. Like it looked interesting. I didn't really know what, what I was going to get from it, you know, now, because it didn't really follow the same typical like Pixar movie, right? Like it was more, it had a, a element of realism in it, right? In the sense that uh, the main character, Mr. Soul Jackman, I don't know his name. Uh, like the, the real life stuff is a more realistic portrayal of the world, right? in comparison to say like toy story or um, even the Incredibles, right? Like, yeah, but I, I really enjoyed it actually. Like it was gripping. Let me ask you a question before we, we kind of deep dive into it. What did you hear? Did anybody say anything to you before you saw the movie? Like, I know I messaged you asking you if you saw it and I told you it was really, really good, but that's where I stopped. it. I didn't, I didn't tell you anything else. Did anybody else say anything to you or give you a precursor? You know what? I don't know if anyone that I know has seen it yet other than you. So like, I'm sure people have watched it, but I just haven't, it, I've never, I haven't seen anyone post anything online about it or whatnot, but yeah. So when we decided to watch the movies in the order that we chose to watch them, New Year's Eve, we watched Wonder Woman and we had a call with some of our friends and both of them said it was like, it was a very thought provoking film. Um, it, it moved them. Uh, there may have been some tears in the room, that kind of stuff. Right. And I didn't want to say that to you because I, I don't, 
I'm a huge believer in if you overhype a movie or underhype a movie, you're not going to enjoy it or you're not going to experience it the way the film was intended for you specifically to experience it. And I went into that movie being like, okay, is this going to be a cathartic experience? Am I going to cry my eyes out? Um, no, I didn't, I didn't shed a tear to through the movie from what I remember. I found myself drifting away in both the story and how it was told as well as just the animation style because it was it was different it wasn't the same like it didn't have that pixar finish if you took a screen grab of something that didn't look like just like of the street okay maybe you'd be like okay that kind of looks like pixar but it could be dreamworks like it didn't feel pixar-y which was really nice because i changed the editing style or the art style and all the Mm -hmm. um what were they called? The teachers. Yeah. That their animation was so cool. Oh no, not teachers. They were the, the, the spirits, something or whatever. whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're like, uh, kind of that art style. I forget what it was like the line art stuff. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what that's called. Um, but it, it was very like, yeah, it was the lines that kind of like move across planes. They don't have mm-hmm. feet. Um, the other thing I found really extraordinary about the film, and I don't know if you picked up on this is that had to be the first Pixar movie. I think I've ever seen that didn't have a title screen. The title screen came at the end of the movie. Oh yeah. I was actually, so I noticed that. Um, and I was like, I, I wonder when they're going to do the title, but they didn't. It just, went into it i i feel as if it's a it's kind of a an emotional play i think it's really clever because what they did was you know at the very end when joe takes that deep breath as he's been uh returned back to earth again guys i said spoiler alert before we started this conversation i think the end of the movie was the beginning of his life and that's why the title screen happened at the end of the movie I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to let that marinate, but I've been thinking about that a lot. Like that movie sat with me. Like I know there's like Disney merchandise where it's like my sole purpose is pizza, which is really funny. And they could not have picked a better voice cast for some of these people, right? Like Jamie Foxx was phenomenal. Tina Fey was phenomenal. I'd be incredibly disappointed if this film didn't win the animated Oscar. Because it was different. It was unique and it was not cars five toy story five a bug's life two which we're still waiting for Mm. you know i think um this one is relatable to many people on different like different ages um because when you think about it right like toy story you know the the kids watch it and you know they can that relate in a sense that you know this is their toys coming to life you know older people like we've we watch it and we understand the concept behind it right um the incredibles for example you know that's just another superhero film um and and i think with soul it has well it's hilarious like the jokes are funny in it but i think the jokes are more 
kind of like adult oriented. I was going to just ask you, like, did you finally feel like, and like, don't get me wrong. I'm one of many people who loves Pixar, but did you finally feel like the movie was on your level and it wasn't like you weren't sitting behind a five-year-old uh-huh. waiting for the joke to blow by their head. So it would hit you in the teeth. Yeah. And I, I, I think like they, they did a good job at that, but then the, there's the underlying story or, I or, or I guess meaning that, you know, kids would understand is like, okay, he wants to um, get back to earth. Right. But then on a deeper level, you know, it's kind of him exploring, you know, what is actually having a meaning in life. You know, that spark is it actually something that like, are people born to do one thing? Or is it just something that, you know, they, that keeps them going. Right. Um, and it, it's kind of like the, when he's talking to the barber, you know, and that's where I think the story takes a more mature turn. And that's when I think adult or older viewers can kind of relate to it. And I think everyone at some point can relate to that. You know, like I've, always like wanted to be this, but then real life things happened. And, you know, now I'm doing this completely different thing, but I love what I'm doing. Right. Um, and I, even I can testify to that, right? Like we, we did, uh, TV broadcasting, we did media stuff. Um, I worked in that for a little while and then I went back to school for something completely different. And then, did that for a bit, decided that it wasn't for me. And then went back to school again, did something completely, completely different as well. And here I am like working in a career that I, if you had have asked me, you know, back when I was in high school, if I would be doing this, um, you know, I would have said no, like what the hell. Right. But I'm doing this and it's, uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. You know, like I, I think I've made a, a good decision and, it was when the barber in the movie was kind of saying how he wanted to be a vet. Right. But then, you know, something happened with his family and he had to pay bills for that. And that's when it's like, Oh, you know what? I can relate with this. Kids might like kids won't relate to it. They'll understand like, Oh, okay. Well he couldn't be a vet because he had to pay for bills for his family or something. But on an adult level, on an older mature level, you can really connect with the character. And I think that's where the movie kind of takes a turn and it is then no longer just for kids. It is something that is trying to connect with the adult, the older audience on a deeper level. And I think they did a great job with that. Yeah, I, I I agree. And just going back to that scene specifically, did it also resonate with you sometimes when, like you're in a barber chair or something like you feel as if to keep the tension away, you're just supposed to talk and talk and talk. And there are sometimes moments in our lives where we sit there and we might not ask the question like, but how are you? Or why are you here? And on a deeper level, I sat there and I was like, holy shit. Like there is some times where I do that to people and it's just, Oops, like I feel really badly about it. Yeah, sometimes you never ask me how I'm doing. I ask you all the time. We talk <laughs> really. Um, um, I, I hate talking in the barbershop seat. 
It's like when they ask questions. Yeah, just cut my hair. No. I actually had the thing is, is like I had a barber who I would go for him, go to him. I don't know, probably for the last five years. Great guy. I ended up knowing him on like a personal level. So it got to the point where, yeah, like at first we'd just kind of talk about the same things, right? Just because it's, it feels awkward, right? But then mm-hmm. eventually you learn about that person and very much like how, you know, in, in soul, you know, afterwards he says like, Oh, it's, it was great to talk to you about something other than jazz. Right. And it's slowly like you learn these things now. It's yeah. I don't know. I, I think that scene in itself was um, one of the best, better scenes, maybe not the best one, but one of the better ones just to kind of push the, the story and connect with the audience. Yeah. Um, that in the montage where she keeps meeting people, um, what like there were some jokes that were just so on the nose, like how she keeps screwing with the New York Knicks. I thought was really funny because they're like, in, I just insanely bad TV yeah. or, uh, team. Yeah. But the 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 one thing that kind of was a plot hole for me was how it kind of ended for Joe. Okay, so like we meet the guy on the boat uh what was his name um moonwind right the yeah. the, the the sign twirler yeah. played by graham yeah. norton awesome and he's able to just kind of find that plane and find his aka zone which they talk about earlier in the movie right so when Joe pulls all those things out of his pocket and remembers his experiences with 22 while he was living in a cat's body he is like, does he die playing the piano or does he get to his zone, figure out how to leave his zone because he's aware of Moonwind, and then he exchanges his life for 22s that like, that was the one part of the movie where like I sat there at the end. I was like, wait, what? Like everything else flowed very copacetically. It was very, everything worked right. And it rode the wave. I just didn't understand. Did Joe die playing piano? No, I don't think so. I think, or, but then he, he would have had to because he gave his earth pass back. No. He gave his ability he, to go back. He. No, no, no. So the way I saw it is he got in the zone and he started meditating the same way that um, Moonwind did. Right. So that he is able to move around the spirit world or whatever. But because he's also knows his way around there, he was able to leave and find, I forget the kid's name. Um, 22. Yeah. 22. Um, And I think that was just part of him already being there, knowing what he was doing and where he was going and stuff like that. And I think because like he didn't, he didn't lose his earth pass. He was already there, right? Like they granted him permission to go back there. Right. And I think he went in with 22 with their earth pass. And at, as, as she went to earth, he then went back and like to his body and in, regular life 
But okay, so I I I, I want to because I'm still twisting, right? So he went, and then she went down the hole, right? And he wasn't allowed back down to Earth. And then they were like, okay, you because they make that joke at the very end where um, oh, what's his face? The the counter guy Terry um is like trying to keep account for him because he's supposed to go to the great beyond, right? Joe was in his apartment playing the piano. It wasn't like he was down in the sewer grate. So he, uh, my interpretation anyways, was he passed away either that night when he was searching for 22 to give her the chance. And like, that was his sole purpose was to teach her about life, right? Like he took her pass. So my my interpretation anyways was that he died a second time and they gave him the chance to wake up that next day. Like he fell asleep and never came back type of thing because he tried to drop down with her. Right. And there's lots of theories about who she becomes in the Pixar universe. But when she keeps going, he gets pulled back and the elastics down through the hole again. So anyways, that's, that's my opinion. I know Chris, kind of felt the same way. Like we, we were confused. Like, did he die or did he figure out how to go and then stay in there? But then he would have still died. <laughs> you know, it's, it's very hard to kind of like wrap your head around that part. Yeah. And I guess that's the point. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's like, it's, it's designed for, you know, personal interpretation. Is this the animated inception we've been waiting for? <laughs> um, the only other things I kind of wanted to touch on about soul. Cause I know we're running a little heavy today is what happens to 22 and the internet which never disappoints is narrowed it down to two possible solutions. At the end of the movie, you see um, Joe and 22 clearly falling towards what appears to be Asia, right? So there is a new Pixar film coming out uh, in spring of 2022 called turning red. Okay. Now turning red China. uh, So, Okay. Uh, in turning red, May Lee is a confident, dorky 13 year old uh, torn between staying her mother's uh, dutiful daughter or becoming like a chaos filled adolescence. Right now. The other movie that she has been connected to with all of the the clues, because, you know, Pixar people have their clues, mm-hmm. is she may be Riley Anderson and Inside Out. Now, it was done by the same director who did uh, Pete Doctor. So he's done all four of these movies now. 22's optimistic energy and attitude lines up with Riley's personality very, very similarly. Both of them have a love and affinity for pizza, but I mean, most of the world does. And we never really see 22's form when she's sent back to Earth, so it is possible that she has become Riley. I thought they were going to try and like wrap this thing all together and kind of make her boo. Cause they never actually tell us when uh, the timeline is right. But I mean, that would have been kind of a cool way to do it, but the internet never disappoints, man. Like it leads us to two different areas. It'd be cool to like, if you'd have to wait for the callback. And I know because this was available on Disney plus, somebody's going to do all the Easter eggs. And it'll be like a 25 minute video where you're finally going to figure out where the pizza <laughs> planet truck was. Have you seen yeah. these before? They're really, really good. Some of them. Yeah. yeah. The last one I watched, which was really, really kind of delightful was the onward one. Um, and like, of course 
like we didn't see it at the first glance, but we missed the Pizza Planet truck. We missed like characters that are kind of hidden or soda drinks, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that's something to chew on. I think it's really cool. The next Pixar film that comes out, which is going to also have that kind of, um, have you heard of the the Pixar chain? So every no. Pixar film that comes out, the last movie had a clue towards the next one. One of the examples that's very prominent is Up came out before Toy Story 3. Up had a picture of uh, Lotso, or when they like panned on the bedroom, Lotso Bear was sitting on the floor. Then Lotso Bear was the villain kind of toy in Toy yeah. Story 3. So they, they do this all the time. I use that one because a lot of people have seen Up and Toy Story 3. But the next film coming out is Luca, which is kind of another Moana-type film. So it's in a beautiful seaside town in Italy, not Asia. So we shall see. Um, I thoroughly yeah. enjoyed the film. I think if you haven't seen it, well, I'm super sorry that we spoiled it for you. but We did warn you. Yeah, like we we knew we were going to do this. It's kind of a dickish thing for us to do, but <laughs> we did warn you. On top of that as well, we want to know what you think. Did you like it? Did you hate it? What did you get for uh for Christmas or Hanukkah or anything? We've missed you guys. We're so glad to be back. And yeah, I think that's we got it for a lot us of today, things right? coming up this year too. Yeah, lots of cool be, stuff. Yeah. It's going to be a big year for the the scene on screen podcast and team team members. We're going to do some we have some plans for some new video content as well to offset your earballs so you can get your eyeballs I don't know. I don't know. Lubricated with delicious goodness. Yeah, with some great content. But yeah, that's that's everything. So uh, again, guys, from us to you, Happy New Year. We're so glad you're still here. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you're listening to, please subscribe. Tell your friends. We love you. Thank you. Peace.